0: It's amazing what it takes to heal the body. And I think so many of our decisions around medication, yeah, you need to be empowered to make whatever decision is right for you, period. Informed choice. But I was not informed and I'm angry about that.
1: (laughs) And I think that's the part of the reason why we felt the need to do this podcast is there's been so many times where there is not that conversation of informed choice of you don't need to only choose option A when there is clearly option A through D.
0: Yep. and
1: all of them should be at least looked at yes you're listening to rebel heart radio hosted by nutritional therapist cassie knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist genevieve blair a lifestyle podcast about clean living making money and badass
0: people that inspire us endlessly
1: The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Rebel Heart Radio. Jen and I are back together this week. Thank goodness. Yep, yep. And we yep. are just coming off a retreat week together. Um, last week. And then I went on to head to another business retreat right after that, which I'll tell you guys about in a minute. Um, But we were, we were both at the Brave Fear (laughs) retreat, which was with our good friend, Brianne Wick. And she's going to be holding this retreat every year, you guys. So pay attention Mm. when it comes up next year, we will blast you with it. Um, But it was such an incredible time. I think so many times when we get into business talk, we kind of glaze over what it takes for the personal growth and the personal development to get to those big goals that we have. And, you know, we Mm -hmm. talked a lot about how the hustle is overrated last week on the podcast with Jess and how we all need to find, you know, what our rhythm looks like where we still are respecting our family, our friends, our minds, our bodies, all of those things, taking care of ourselves alongside this. And so much of that is like personal growth and man, this, this brave, re- brave fear retreat was just that like personal growth. And both you and I had moments where we like either got called out or we called ourselves out for being in a moment of fear and not allowing ourselves to put like, not push through that, but embrace it and let it inform what our, Dude, that, that what, fear what's is trying sneaky. to be, what's trying to happen there.
1: Yeah. That's sneaky <clears throat> stuff, man. That's
0: some, that's some, some fear. okay (laughs) so anyways Jen will you download your retreat experience for us quickly and yeah I was like uh let's give us the cliff notes version (laughs) and and like just what your takeaways were and kind of what are some action steps that you're putting into action after the retreat
1: well I think what's what was really revelatory for me was realizing how sneaky fear is because Uh, Truth be told, I don't think I would have even considered this retreat just from the title because I so disassociate myself with fear, Mm -hmm. Um, which again is just not a great place to go. If you're not willing to explore things, then you're not going to be able to get past them. And so I unknowingly had just like shoved anything fearful because I was like, I am a powerful, independent, brave
0: woman. I'm fearless
1: i'm fearless <laughs> which is b- total bs anyway not true but it, it was like <laughs> the title of the retreat is brave fear brave the brave yeah. Fear retreat and uh, i had the the total amazing opportunity of being a presenter on that retreat and uh i was so ready to like breathe life into these women over their appearance because there can be a ton of fear around how we appear to the world how we present ourselves to the world all those things and that was where my presentation went um however I also got to participate in the retreat (laughs) and there was some pretty um pretty heavy things that came up for me that I just did not expect to come Mm -hmm. and it was wonderful to be supported by a group of women that were literally just there to grow, to support, to, uh, you know, call you on your BS in a way that was not scary. Okay, I'm just gonna say that it sounds to be called out about something can seem very like I mean many of us were sweating in these conversations. <laughs> we were like fanning ourselves and going okay, fear the, um, the fear sweats, the fear sweats, <laughs> yeah and it was and truth be told I didn't expect the I didn't expect to walk away from that and realizing how I had been protecting so many sides of myself like I thought I was a really authentic like really vulnerable person and I am on some really like deeper aspects of my life but there are many things that I'm fiercely protective of in a fearful way not a not a um, very. I'm not staring these things in the face and being like it's not the right time to share. I'm st- I am like literally like how far can I shove these things back here because I don't want to talk about it. And it was a beautiful thing to have it be really gently brought to my attention that fear is not something to. It is not like looking at emotions as good or bad can be really damaging. Mm-hmm and that's exactly what was happening to me (laughs) like some certain emotions were just being labeled as bad and shoved to the attic of my mind and just pushed back and Brianne very eloquently and beautifully gently brought that to my attention uh, through her story and her opening speech of you know she's realized that fear is not something to be labeled as bad it is a beautiful reminder of this needs attention. Uh-huh. Let's take a look at it. You know, a place of curiosity instead of a place of fear and a place of bad versus good and black and white. And we're human beings. We are never going to be, quote unquote, fearless. We like No. Th- that makes total sense to me. Just like we're never going to be telling somebody to be fearless. Like put that in other emotions like be courageless, be happiness joyless be, yeah be, like that makes absolutely no sense because yeah. these are human emotions that are going to come at you and just like in the disney movie inside out you need all the emotions i'm gonna bring it <laughs> to disney because that movie absolutely blew my mind also um, the retreat
0: we were at was like in anaheim and disney was like part of it everywhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and and
1: so it was a really beautiful reminder that you need all the emotions for a reason and it's okay to address these things and it's okay to look at them with a place of curiosity instead of good or bad and labeling it as such uh, because it's it's our if we store those things way back guess what those things live deep inside our core and we are not energetically like letting them go like guys. My legs broke out in hives (laughs) before I even had all these realizations. Like, I mean, there was probably something in that house that my body was just not into, but I haven't broken out in hives since high school. Like, this is not the norm for me. And a lot of times when my body does things that I'm just like, what's happening? Um, I'm starting to learn that it's like, let's do a quick body scan, quick evaluation, Is there things I'm holding on to? Is there things that I need to like take a look at with from a place of curiosity and Mm. exploration? And so this retreat really has completely shifted the way I view myself, which is so important for Enneagram twos. It is the last thing we do. I mean, I'll admit I got there and I didn't check in with myself to be like, how am I doing until I broke out in hives? And then I was like, oh, (laughs) this needs to be addressed. I need to like take a look at this right now because otherwise this is going to spread and it's going to get worse. And I continued to be supported in that way of like checking in with myself. And uh, if, if this is not a beautiful indication of how this retreat was uh, we went to Disneyland on one day, Cassie had to check out and go to another retreat so she couldn't participate. But we were um, the rest of us were a bunch of us from the retreat went to Disneyland and I looked at Brienne and I'm like, okay, I'm going to try and exercise in something and it makes me a little like nervous sighted. And that's we were discussing how like nervous sighted can be a great way to realize this is a good thing. Like this is like a I'm not even going to use the word good. This is this is something that should be explored more. Hmm. <laughs> and I told her that I have never been to Disneyland and ridden a ride by myself.
0: Oh, <laughs> I
1: was like, I don't think I told you about this. No. And so I said, OK, so I'm going to try and exercise in something. And this is kind of hard for me to like say to somebody who's like in charge of a group because I've always gone and either been in charge because it's my family or been with a group and had other people in charge and just kind of like doing whatever's best for the group. And um, I looked at her and I was like, so I don't know when and I don't know what ride, but I think it'll come to me at some point. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'd like to venture off by myself and then meet up with you guys again. And she's like, she starts clapping, and she's like, "Yay!" <laughs> she was so excited for That's me. That's your
0: brave fear moment, girl.
1: I was I was one of them, but one of one of the many many that I had. And um, and so throughout the day, it was like, well, what what ride do you want to ride? And I ended up not doing it until about like ten forty five at night, um, because there was just so much excitement and fun. You and guys finally, were at Disney that late. Oh, we we closed the. Parked down practically like we were there until almost midnight (laughs) one day disneyman you do the dang thing (laughs) like oh wow plus there was a lot of things we wanted to see after the sun went down because disneyland at night is just magical so um but she was like (laughs) she finally looked at me and she goes because there was a couple rides where i was like maybe this ride and i was like no this is kind of a group experience ride and the line the lines are long and she's like okay finally like she's like you need a ride and all the girls around were like ooh which ride are you going to choose cuz everyone was so on board with like me having that experience and i was like truth be told like i've been on so many like roller coaster rides today i want to go on a ride where i can like just like view the park and like see. So I went on this ride at the very beginning of Tomorrowland and rode on these little ships and it's like the most gentle, short ride, but you get the choice of going up and down and it goes in circles. And I really got to like look at the Sleeping Beauty castle and like look at Main Street and like see everything. And I was all by myself and I was able to walk on and walk off. And I could have rode it two times if I wanted to, but I wanted to go gift shopping. So that's what I did. And so, and then I met with them up later And so I did a small piece of Disneyland by myself and it was, I'm having these realizations that I'm just not allowing myself to do what I want because I'm so in like knee jerk reaction, thinking about everybody else and what everybody else is doing and what time is it? And this person's tired and this person like really needs food. And I don't violently shaking my head. Yeah. Like I don't know I'm doing it. Like it, it takes me removing myself from the situation Be able to accurately check in with myself. And so having people in my life that let me have those moments and don't give me guilt, I'm getting to the point where I can let people have those emotions and that's their problem, not mine.
0: Right. But. How dare you have needs? I (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how oh, dare you <laughs> I have to say like as your friend I'm so proud of the level of vulnerability that you showed at the retreat mm, and I am was absolutely floored that you were just going to get your own time in that space without my being there too because I know just like it's it can be hard sometimes to get yourself out of a pattern when you have a friend in the room who might be part of that pattern Good, yeah. good, bad, <laughs> ugly normal, whatever it is yeah. Um, but you know, I think it's one of those things that allows a little bit deeper growth when we get ourselves in a room full of strangers, basically, which is what almost everybody there was to you.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'd like, I had been an acquaintance to a couple of other people, yeah, but it was literally same. like shook their hand. Nice to meet you. But that, that was it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I probably knew half the people in the room and the others were new to me. And so I had a similar experience in just stepping out into that like vulnerability, but um so proud of you and just everything that you realized and I think one of the two like big things that came out of that weekend for you from my perspective (laughs) is (laughs) the two questions that we kind of both brought up of of the Enneagram 2 type of just being like who am I when no one needs me Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. what was the other question
1: and it was what is mine to do what is
0: mine to do what is That's been to a
1: powerful one for me because yeah. I've been living in the who am I when nobody needs me space for a little while for almost a year. <clears throat> but the what is mine to do has been a beautiful check-in question for me because it's so easy. This is gonna sound kind of like an ego bump, but it's it's so easy for me to do everything because I'm incredibly capable. Oh, you totally are. And I can do a lot and i'm capable (laughs) of doing a lot should you exactly is it mine to do Mm. has been a beautiful check-in question for me because even within my family like my my son does the dishes and when i'm done with dinner we've got this rule of like i've spent all this time making the dinner like i get to walk away after dinner because i've done so much already to that point i'm not doing the dishes I'm not cleaning up. I'm not cleaning up leftovers. I get to walk away. And I've been doing that. But I go lay on the couch sometimes and find myself micromanaging from the freaking couch. And I'm like, oh, to <laughs> Beef.
0: OK, let's like, all raise our hands if we micromanage the cleanup that we are not doing. From a couch <laughs> or across the room.
1: <laughs> Honestly, Or Tasha's it's like I'm answering me like, or-
0: Cassie, you cannot be critical of a task that you asked me to do. I'm doing it in my own way. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, what's sad about that is, is like, I'm not being critical. I'm like
1: answering questions or people are like, I'm, I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, dude, you need to go a little faster. Like I'm like, I'm just I mean, like, I would
0: say that's critical. Speeding, oh yeah, speeding point. someone up. That's critical. But yeah, in your years is allowing them to still lean on you while they're doing yeah. that task and not just completely vacating the space and letting go of yes. all of it. And so this last Sunday,
1: I walked away and I was checking in with myself like, who am I when nobody needs me? Nobody needs me right now. And I was like, well, I'm going to go rest. And then I was like, what is mine to do? And I was like, nothing for like 15, 20 minutes. Literally, I do not have anything that is mine to do for 15, 20 minutes. So I walked upstairs. I walked my tushy upstairs, laid on my bed, pulled out a book. Like... (laughs) That sounds amazing. And I was just like, okay, this is a flow that I'm really happy with because it helps me start to jet down for the evening before we start the rest of the, like, the evening, like, bedtime routine and stuff like that. I am a happier person when I am, when I'm like this. Uh-huh. You know? Mm-hmm. So, anyway, and it was, it was wonderful to have that realization on the retreat and, I don't know, just be really authentically myself and all of the uncertainty and like just be able to say i don't know a lot Mm -hmm. but explore it was a very exploratory retreat for me it was exploring emotions exploring um exploring things that might help i mean i was really inspired by the women around me that go to therapy and i've taken steps to find a therapist for myself which um since i've been home which has been kind of (laughs) scary So I guess I'm still living my brave fear moments like <laughs> and I I don't know like it's it's wonderful to see other people being so open with their experiences that only can be had at a retreat because it's such an in person um closed space loving beautiful environment and like, I, I would love to hear some of your downloads too. Like truly guys, you're hearing this like, like real time. We haven't had a chance <laughs> to super like catch up. So <clears throat>
0: uh, as is most episodes of the podcast, this is True. literally a recording of just a regular conversation that we have. <laughs> um, True. So for me, it was really interesting because I went from one retreat to the next. Yeah. Um, and I'll dig into the, the beauty counter retreat a little bit more on the next episode. But I, uh, you know, I had been to a retreat with half of these people in the past through my business mastermind. And so I had some history with those people and had built trust, which is really important for me if we're mm-hmm. in Enneagram speak <laughs> for, um, for me to, uh, feel safe to be vulnerable and so that was really nice to kind of already have some of those established relationships. And for me, it just felt like everybody else was just kind of married into that family. And then, of course, you're there. And obviously, I can be very vulnerable with you. Hello, podcast. But. Hello. <laughs> but- You know, for those of you who are like, what is this retreat about? And what did you guys do? We essentially had two full retreat days together. There were a couple of, you know, there's an evening on one side of it. And then there was a Disney day, which I didn't participate in on the other side of it that Jen Jen did participate in. I
1: definitely did.
0: And those two days were, um, we discussed the Enneagram. um, We discussed how we show up in our lives, we went through and did some vision work, we had some gratitude moments, we did some um, affirmations, things like that. So, um, and it was a lot of stuff that I feel like we can both build into like our daily routine and practice, which was very cool. Um, yeah. And especially with mm-hmm. like the affirmations cards and things like that. And I a really
1: interesting one today.
0: <laughs> yeah. And we had a little like heart heart seat time, which is what um, Brianne calls her hot seats, which I love hot hot seats. <laughs> it sounds more intense. Like heart seat, hot seat. <laughs> like the difference between the two. Um <laughs> but for me, you know, I honestly like the biggest takeaway for me was how much I had grown from the last time I had a similar experience at our retreat in Waco. And so cool to see. It was nearly exactly 6 months ago and I was in a place, I mean, I guess it was more like five months ago, but, anyways, I digress. <laughs> it was in a place where I was constantly stuck in this place of hustle and doing more, constantly doing more, and not knowing how to take care of myself in this journey of entrepreneurship and, you know, practice like lightness and fun and, vulnerability and be more of who I am when no one needs me, which Mm -hmm. I think that's such a great exercise for anyone. Doesn't matter what your Enneagram type is. Um, you know, who am I when no one needs me? You need to ask yourself that question. And for me, I had to sit back and be like, you know, who am I when I'm not like a hustler, when I'm not a worker bee, when I'm not you know, it's, it's a little bit different than the no one needs me. But who am I when, you know, when you step into that tendency for yourself? And so um, the level of personal growth that's happened over the last five, six months has been pretty incredible after that big realization in um, Waco and prioritizing the parts of my business that I love, but also prioritizing the parts of my life that bring me joy and that don't have to be don't have to be practical. It doesn't have to have like this, you know, perfect ending where, you know, the thing we did for fun is also something we do for practicality, like food prep or whatever, grocery shopping, which by the way, I'm weird. And I love those things. Um, <laughs> but doing just for the sake of doing, you know, being mm-hmm. just for the sake of being. And those ke- things did not come naturally to me. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe they did a long time ago, but it's something I've had to kind of dig dig deeper on. And so for me, it was just like almost like, you know, like give myself a little clap, a little pat on the back and be like, you did the work. Okay. Like
1: <laughs> you yeah, did you it.
0: Did. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really lovely. I will say, I actually, we've, you know, talked about my immune issues on the podcast several times. And being in LA was very hard on my body. <laughs> very mm. hard on my body. So I was struggling. I, the place we were staying had. There had to have been some sort of either fire in the building or a forest fire or something that caused like soot and smoke to be in the unit. I remember one day I was going to close the window and I put my fingers on it and they were like had black dust on my fingers. And it was so subtle at first that none of us we just thought it was like. Needed to the unit needed to air out like it was just kind of like oh maybe someone had smoked in here before we had you know used the unit and that's pretty bad if so it kind of sun. built up and Jeez. we were I was only there a couple of nights you know Monday night Tuesday night um, and then Wednesday night and when we finally realized it was like the unit we were staying in the building we were in it was too late to switch up anything. And Mm -hmm. I was having severe respiratory issues. I was snoring to all get out. My poor roommate, Shay, I love you, Shay. And (laughs) I like, I just like was not breathing well, despite the fact that I was taking all the supplements and everything. And I'm not even kidding you. The moment I got to Denver, I felt like a million bucks.
1: Amazing. Well, I also have broke out in hives from the <laughs> yeah. hips down. Yeah. So the water quality
0: and air quality was pretty hard on me, but I think there was something actually going on in our unit. So that yeah, was an interesting nuts. thing to navigate, but I definitely came prepared with all of my travel things to, to make yeah. that better. So. Anyways, but yeah, I'm it was... i glad a, that it
1: got better when you got to Denver. Jeez.
0: Yeah, I was like, give me all the mountain air. Give me some fresh yeah. air. <laughs> even the city air in Glacier Denver. Glacier water. <laughs> yeah, even the city air in Denver is pretty pretty legit. So anyways, oh, so it was a beautiful experience. I think you guys um, should definitely check out Brianne's work. That's a great place to start if you're on a journey of personal growth and kind of figuring out what fear and brave fear means to you make sure you listen to the two episodes of the podcast that she was on with us i don't know the numbers but we did one on vulnerability and one on um essentially like i don't know stepping into brave fear and what that means and it both were amazing and make sure you check those out i'll link them in the show notes for you guys
1: and quick caveat if you feel stuck in any way start here (laughs) That was, I, again, like, I never would have thought that this was something that I needed. Just didn't. Because uh, I was like, I'm, I do hard things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I kept telling myself, I was like, I, I do hard things. I do things that scare me all the time. Yep. But learning what brave fear is and where you can grow from that, like, don't discount
0: it. It can be life changing. Absolutely. So this week's five-star review is from KMW Kent, I think. (laughs) But it says, I love learning about skincare on this podcast. Genevieve's expertise as an esthetician combined with Cassie's knowledge of nutrition really gives us a full picture at all of the factors affecting our skin and its appearance. I've learned so much plus I love the Enneagram banter. Well you're welcome for that. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we're friends because I've listened since episode one. Oh we are friends. Yes Yes. we're totally friends. Oh my goodness. Thank you for that review. We really appreciate you. We appreciate your time. If you haven't left a review for the podcast, please go do so um, in the iTunes podcast app. Um, And if you don't use iTunes to listen to podcasts, you can still review us in Spotify. And then you can also... Just share us on social media. So, if you're listening to this episode right now and you love the podcast and you want to share it with your friends and family, share on the instas and tag us at Rebel Heart Radio. You can also tag Genevieve at Genevieve Beauty and me over at Cassie Canable. Uh, and we would love to hear that you're listening and where you're listening from and what you're loving about the podcast. Okay, let's get into the meat of this episode. I'm so excited. All things acne. Yeah. I was this like is a so beast. excited,
1: but whew, I'm kind of getting the the, the, the sweats over here too because
0: there's so much to talk about. <laughs> the deep, the heavy sweats. Okay. This oh. is I mean, you guys, for those of you who have dealt with acne in the past, who are dealing with it now, who have friends and family who are dealing with it, everyone knows someone with acne. Um mm-hmm. every, everyone's probably had some sort of personal experience with acne too. It it affects so many people. And mm. I think it is just so hard to articulate how impactful this can be in our, in our mental health, in our physical health, in all mm-hmm. sorts of things. And so before I dig in to kind of the nutritional side of acne and what we can do to support our bodies to help heal your skin, um, I wanted to say... I do not advocate anyone to give up their meds without the help of a doctor or a gradual approach. Okay. So mm-hmm. we are going to talk about medication in this episode, but just dig into our medical disclaimer. I'm not a doctor. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner. Take it with a grain of salt. I'm going to throw some facts at you guys. You make your own personal decisions alongside your doctor. Work with them. Not with me. Okay. Informed decision. This is not medical <laughs> advice. No. Okay. On that note, I wanted to share my own experience a little bit with acne briefly in the sense that I have really struggled when I've had acne flares over the years with being social, with feeling depressed, and with struggling with just having, feeling the, the confidence I need to just be in a room. When I have an acne flare, I don't want to go anywhere I do not want to go to the grocery store like this happened to me recently you guys recently mm-hmm. and it's i feel like now it's even heavier because I sell skincare, like, you know, and no one's no perfect. Pressure. No one is perfect. Like just because you're an entrepreneur doesn't mean you have it all figured out. Just because you're a mom doesn't mean you have it all figured out. Just you know, we all know we step into a place of imperfection. You know, nutritionists still have nutritional issues. Like we're human beings, um, yeah. and same goes for skincare people who sell skincare or work in aesthetics. Like we still have skin issues. We're not perfect human beings. Um, and you know, obviously like skin issues like acne are technically not life threatening, but they are intensely associated with depression, anxiety, and social isolation. And acne steals some frickin' joy. Just does. It sucks.
1: Exclamation point, all the capital. I'm just gonna sit horror. in it with
0: you and I'm gonna say it friggin' sucks. Yeah, (laughs) And between 79 and 95% of adolescents and 40 to 54% of adults in Western societies experience acne. Can we just sit on that for a minute? Holy crap. Those are some large percentages. Everybody deals with it. Everybody. There are lots of other skin issues to mention here too. um, You know, that are kind of an offshoot of this, but 25% of people have dermatitis. 11% of people have eczema. 5% 5% have rosacea, that's actually a lot smaller than I thought it was. Probably the rest are undiagnosed. <laughs> um and 1% have psoriasis. So obviously there are lots of skin disorders that come into this category of like really stealing joy for us. Today we're going to talk about acne. Um if you haven't listened to our rosacea episode, I highly recommend you do. First one is episode 40, all about rosacea and then we did a follow-up later on. I'll make sure to link both of those in the show notes. Um and I wanna say we've done extensive studies. There have been extensive studies on acne and and tr- and trying to dig into cultures essentially that have no acne in their culture. Like people don't experience acne. What does that look like? What does their diet look like? What does their nutrition look like? What does their lifestyle look like? What is their exercise? All those things. What are these all these factors look like when people don't have acne? And what's been deduced is that most skin disorders are influenced primarily by environment. This is environmental. This is you getting exposed to things. This is you eating foods that um, don't feel good for your particular body that you're in. Um, It's not just genetic factors that contribute to acne and in fact it's usually not genetic factors very
1: small percentage yes Very Um, very very.
0: and and but like the beauty of that is that changes in nutrition and lifestyle could be completely sufficient to prevent and even reverse acne in most cases which is amazing um I have so many studies to link for you guys in this episode, it's not even funny. So just go to the show notes and all of that will be supported um, through several studies that you can find through PubMed and a few other places. Um, And what I want to talk about in relation to the body is that skin is highly influenced by other organs in the body. And we've talked about this, like detoxification pathways, Um, but it's especially true of the brain and the gut. So scientists have coined the term gut brain skin axis for a reason, (laughs) Um, but it describes this interconnection between those three systems: the gut, the brain, and the skin. And
1: I've heard the gut brain axis, but this is new gut
0: brain skin axis. wow does that make sense to me and and reminder you guys like we've talked about this when we dig into the foundational stuff when it comes to skin issues but your skin is epithelial tissue your gut is made of epithelial tissue it's the same tissue (laughs) your gut and your skin are both the same kind of tissue and obviously there's different in aesthetic
1: school and that blew my mind yeah i was like say what say (laughs) what
0: yes (laughs) um and even like your mouth, the inside of your mouth and your throat, that's an extension of the skin on the outside of your body. Like it's, that's a really similar kind of epithelial tissue, very Mm -hmm. similar in cellular structure. So um, this interconnection is incredibly important. And as far back as like the 1930s, researchers had connected emotional states like anxiety and depression to changes in the gut. And now we're like, okay, we're connecting this to skin issues as well. And Mm -hmm. essentially the original like, Theories supported like local and systemic inflammation in skin disease. And now these kind of early theories are being confirmed by modern studies showing strong associations between skin conditions like acne, eczema, psoriasis, and mental health issues and digestive disease. All of those sandwiched together. And
1: that's so, so, so important because I can't tell you how many times I had patients in the med spa that I worked with that were, had a very complex very like they needed a team of people mm-hmm. that were working with them mm-hmm. and that they couldn't get access to because we, I don't work with a nutritionist in the med spa. I don't have a, a can practitioner you imagine that can prescribe things in my med spa? But can you imagine if I did? Because can I tell you how many times where I was like, this is where my scope ends. But I highly recommend looking into a nutritionist or I highly recommend finding a hormone specialist. But that's where my specialty ended. And how many times did I have that conversation with somebody who was like, I'm at my wits end. Mm -hmm. And it's. I just, and it's really important to make these connections and realize that I may not be able to give somebody a, a professional recommendation, but I absolutely can be like, this
0: is a breadcrumb worth following. Yes, absolutely. And breadcrumbs are like, even if this is outside of your scope as a human being, like let's say you're not in the skincare aesthetics, nutrition space, medical space at all, which we know a lot of you who listen to the podcast are, mm-hmm. um, This is easily something that you can just be like, hey, go dig more into this. And we wanted to give you an episode where you could refer people to that. (laughs) Um, I want to dig in for a minute. So there are lots of really common treatments for acne, including like topical creams and gels like Retin-A, Differin, Renova, um, Tazerac. And they kind of work by unclogging pores. And then also usually coupled with oral antibiotics. So I know when I was in high school, I got an oral uh, uh, and then a topical as well. And they suggested both. And the oral antibiotics are like doxycycline, tetracycline, minocycline, and erythromycin. And they kill bacteria that cause inflammation around the blocked pores. But essentially, when like we're dealing with this like cascade of issues unfortunately some of these treatments for acne can actually cause deep gut issues which actually perpetuate the issues that we're having from acne and make them worse and then to top it all off quiet
1: during this but i'm like yes
0: (laughs) and then to top it all off like in teenage girls and and young women doctors might also use oral contraceptives as a mean of obtaining and regulating like hormonal imbalances that can lead to acne and i can't even tell you how many of my friends when i was in high school they'd be like oh i'm on oral contraceptives but it's for acne and i was like what Like,
1: Here, hold on what this doesn't make any it, sense and what's, what's really complex about that is that so many women that i saw that had been on an oral contraceptive for mm, 10 plus years for acne were like i want to get off this how do I get off this <laughs> and not have my skin explode? And so it brings up this conversation of like, why does this work for you?
0: Mm-hmm. So yes. let's
1: talk about that. And it's like it's one of those things where when we have an oral contraceptive, it's it's a regulatory part of it's helping a regulatory part of our body that may have been um unregulated from an mm-hmm. environmental factor mm-hmm. and this is all very individual it's a very individual journey of like what are the products that are in your body that you're putting on your body that can be causing some uh, stimulation hormone regulation issue what uh what kind of things are you smelling that could be causing that issue what sort of things are you eating that could be caused and it's so individual and there, un- you can't, you can't. One person, one practitioner can't be like, "If you want to get off of this and have beautiful skin, do this." It's like that's not how that works. No, and it's you
0: different have- for every single person because all yes. of our hormones are in different places. If you guys yes. want a good resource on um, uh, working with your doctor to get off of the pill, <laughs> I yes. recommend uh, Beyond the Pill. Dr. Mm-hmm. Jolene Brighton is a friggin' genius. Mm-hmm. Um, highly, highly recommend her work. She's got a great program that helps you do that. Um, mm-hmm. but on that note, I think, you know, essentially, we we find these interesting and alternative uses for medications that, you know, I'm sure we've got we had people on oral contraceptives and it improved their hormonal acne, right? Mm-hmm. And so instead of looking like what's the root cause? Well, we have an excess of estrogen or like not enough progesterone in the body, and so where where's our balance there and looking at how do we get the body to create the right hormonal balance how do we support the body to do that instead we slap on a band-aid and you know it can work for a time you do no no. i
1: both feel this way no if you need those things to be able to just you know get through and like get yourself in a place where you can socialize and feel good about it and like get your mental health in a place where you can start digging yes then
0: so be it but if anyone had given me another option as a kid yes by God, I would have done it. And I Mm -hmm. definitely took, I took oral antibiotics. I did topical um, creams and both of those um, would help until they didn't. Yep. They helped until they didn't. And then it was like, oh, well, these don't help anymore. And then they tell you to switch to a different one. So you'd go from Retin-A to different or whatever it was. And Mm -hmm. no one ever told me the long-term consequences by the way, which I still deal with. And- It's amazing what it takes to heal the body. And I think so many of our decisions around medication, yeah, you need to be empowered to make whatever decision is right for you, period.
1: Informed choice. But I was not
0: informed and I'm angry about that.
1: (laughs) And I think that's the part of the reason why we felt the need to do this podcast is there's been so many times where there is not that conversation of informed choice of you don't need to only choose option A when there is clearly option A through D. Yep. Yep. And all of them should be at least looked at. Yes. And we want you all to find options A through D and then discuss them with the practitioner that you, with your doctor on what's right. And I am so glad that we're having this conversation.
0: <laughs> Me too. And then I, I there's one more medication which has like a lot of feelings about it. But yeah. um in really severe cases of acne, doctors would prescribe a medication called isotretinoin. And it, it's actually marketed as accutane. So that's what everybody knows it as. Um and, and like, can I be real? Can yeah, I be real? Bring I'm it. the practitioner bring bring that
1: everybody saw when they were prescribed that inappropriately.
0: Uh-huh. And then they gotta Many fix their, themselves after that. Many times. Yes. Um, so just and, because and, like the truth is like it's prescribed to you
1: doesn't mean you have to take it.
0: Right, a hundred percent. And I think also it it we should mention like the effectiveness of these treatments really vary, and some yeah. can be mm-hmm. like, can be really extremely helpful for some people, um, but can kind of carry significant long term side effects even after discontinuing use of the product. So. The consequences of taking antibiotics for months or years, like they should not be underestimated. People, <laughs> long-term use of antibiotics has a power. They are it has a profoundly negative impact on gut health, scientifically yes. proven. <laughs> um, yes. And the list of side effects that are associated with oral contraceptives is literally so long that I could not even cover it here. I will link it in the show notes for you. Um, Dr. Jolene Brighton. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not to her book, but it's it's from literally like the legal have to list the side effects of that. Um,
1: But she does a beautiful job of talking about that conversation further. If you get a chance to check out that link and look at all the side effects, I learned so much from her Mm -hmm. about what those side effects mean and what to do about it. Like she Mm. was kind of
0: the now what answer for me. I love that. And I mean, side effects that we can talk about in this capacity are pretty heinous. (laughs) (laughs) Nausea, (laughs) vomiting, constipation, (laughs) acne, hair growth in funky places, um, crushing chest pain or heaviness, extreme tiredness, swelling of the gums. Like it just, the list goes on. And the side effects and complications of Accutane are seriously scary. Um, And and due to the number of really adverse events that have been reported about Accutane, including severe fetal abnormalities in women taking Accutane during pregnancy um, and an FDA issued black box warning, uh, the manufacturer Roche actually stopped manufacturing Accutane in 2009. So there are other general versions of it out there on the market still. But they do carry that like black box warning of you're not allowed to take it while you're pregnant. Um, And it's also been linked to inflammatory bowel disease, IBD, um, and ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease, as well as an increase in suicide and mental health um, issues. So many people who were harmed by taking Accutane have successfully like definitely won massive lawsuits against Roche, the manufacturer of Accutane. And it's, I mean, don't feel guilty if you've taken it. Don't feel guilty if you've taken any of these things or are taking them now. I think the thing that I would have liked to have known was what were my other options and what are the potential side effects of this drug? And it's just not talked about enough. And um, most
1: drugs on the market are are being prescribed in a blank mass way because that's how they're being educated as. And that's, it, quite frankly, inappropriate. There should be more conversation around people having an individualized needs attention of whether this is appropriate for that person or yes, not. Yes, Or Or constant evaluation of like, yes. how is this going? Not here, prescribe this. I'll see you in a year.
0: Uh-huh. Who is this right for? Yes. Um, and needing to maintain that relationship and get checked up regularly and making sure everything is going okay. And how are are the side effects (laughs) cropping up? Oh yeah. I'm yeah. Okay. We're getting fiery. (laughs) These are my favorite ones though. I love getting fiery. You guys know it. Um, (laughs) So what I want to do is dig into some nutrition and dietary solutions for acne. Um, yes, I think damn. the most important thing to understand about virtually all skin issues, all skin disorders is that like all other kind of diseases as civil- of civilization, as we kind of refer them to for things that are caused by environmental factors, um, they are inflammatory in nature. So the key mm-hmm. it, to mm-hmm. addressing them is an anti-inflammatory diet and lifestyle this is not so not to say about rocket this. science people this is not yeah. rocket science I and mean, there's <laughs> lots of little specific things that and tools that i'm going to give you guys but all in all like the real real of this is like exercise proper nutrition adequate sleep all of those things so essentially it's first a, step and
1: it's take a hard look at yourself before you go to the extremes like sure am i sleeping enough yeah. You know, am I eating foods that I know bother me sometimes, but I'm just partaking anyway sometimes? And I'm a huge believer of ebbs and flows of life. And there are times when I eat sugar more than I should. That's probably the holidays, uh, you, you know, and things like that, that. And I think most of us that have dealt with acne have an inclination of what our triggers are. But look at the other things in your life that can cause inflammation like sleep and stress. Are you getting physical? I am shocked at how effective getting regular physical activity has been for my body.
0: It's huge. Huge. Absolutely huge anti-inflammatory process. So I actually just want to take a minute and talk to the person who doesn't eat paleo, doesn't eat grain-free, dairy-free, any of those things. Mm -hmm. A beautiful first step is to just eliminate highly processed foods that provoke inflammation. So this is bagged box cookies, crackers, candy, things that are, have a lot of sugar in them. Like there's a couple of great programs out there that allow you to do something like that. Um, I like the 21 day sugar detox from Diane San Filippo. There's a great introduction to that where you can just eat gluten-free and you're not necessarily eating dairy-free. Um, there's another step where you're eating gluten or, or you're eating grain-free and not dairy-free. And then the third one is like basically a paleo version of that. So there's a nice little stepwise way that you can go about it. Um, and I've seen a lot of people get tons of improvement by reducing the sugar and processed foods in their diet alone. Um, definitely eliminating like oils. refined flour, excess yeah. sugar, um, and industrial seed oils. And when I say industrial seed oils, you can listen to our cooking fats episode. It's the same idea. You can listen to our digestion episode. It, it all stems on you know seeking out whole nutrient dense saturated, unsaturated, monounsaturated fats. And we're looking for olive oil, coconut oil, uh fat from animals but that have been properly raised and then um you know obviously getting regular physical activity and that will actually reduce inflammation and strengthen your immune function and acne is highly tied to your immune function because guess what 80 to 90 percent of your immune system is literally in your gut this is all connected so if you also want to support your body for acne like you can go to our cold and flu episode and dig into that (laughs) Um, dig into the gut health episodes the digestion episodes part one and two both of those are incredibly helpful for kind of getting a base level of like how do we need to address this Um, getting adequate sleep also reduces inflammation and supports healthy immune function this is again eat in a way that supports your body get regular physical activity Get adequate sleep. I think it's so easy, and I think you made a point earlier that I actually want to um, counter a little bit was that most people know their triggers. I think most people do not know their acne triggers. I think it's Maybe people I'm just surrounded by people that yes, know exactly, really well. <laughs> exactly. So we get in that bubble of of natural health and nutrition where we assume that everyone else knows what we know or. Um, experiences what we experience and it's just mm-hmm. not true most people do not know their triggers for gut issues for inflammation for acne whatever it is and so that was
1: absolutely true when I was in the med spa world yeah when I was seeing patients we'd have a conversation of like do you have any inclination of what the new maybe nutritional cause is and it's always it I've nev- I think I had one person tell me they think it's dairy but they weren't sure
0: yeah I mean dairy is a huge trigger for me Sugar yeah. is also a trigger for me. Um, and so I have to be mindful of those things. And, you know, I'm not saying I never have dairy. I just mindfully have it knowing it's going to cause a skin issue. Yeah. Um, right. But it can't, it, it cannot be a regular part of my diet.
1: Yeah. Is it, is it appropriate to say that adequate sleep also means watching your sleep quality?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And also you guys, I think
1: adequate sleep talks about like, how long have you been asleep? And yes. it's like, well, let's. Also have a conversation of the quality of sleep that you're having because I've been really digging into that research because uh, I, I, my daughter will not stay asleep.
0: <laughs> well, so. we have a sleep episode. So go listen to yeah. the sleep episode, which was actually like one of our OG episodes, I think. Yeah. 15 or something. Well, so, I I, I've
1: come to find that most of our OG episodes are things that we had said on repeat for so many years that we wanted to have a resource to send people to on things that we say a lot. <laughs>
0: So well, and it's that evergreen resource that you can keep referring back to. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. Okay. So next thing I would say to do is to address, address nutritional deficiencies.
1: This is hard. This was hard for me.
0: Yeah. So this is where digging into like taking probiotics and you can cycle through those and try different ones. Um, 50 milligrams ish of zinc daily is incredibly helpful for acne. Everyone work with your practitioner on this one most people are extremely deficient in zinc we had a great discussion about it on our immune health episodes the cold and flu episodes and then calcium magnesium vitamin a vitamin b6 uh, and about one third are also deficient in riboflavin, which is b2 thiamine which is b1 folate b9 vitamin c and iron the all of those vitamins and minerals listed are things that literally (laughs) your body needs for almost all functions in the body. Like sit, I cannot tell you enough. <laughs> I, I love the oh. idea of um, taking supplements to support health when it's called for. And I think if you're trying to get your body in balance, I absolutely think it can be so helpful for people because what you're going to need to do in the meantime is support your digestion so that you're actually getting those nutrients from your foods. Initially, it is not going to be enough for you to just simply support your digestion and hope that transition happens. You are in a state of deficiency. You need to supplement like you're in deficiency for the most part. And obviously, the reason
1: why this wasn't first on your list. And you, were, you talked about eliminating yes. highly processed inflammatory foods because yes. if you, this was my, this was where I was for years, you guys. Like, I was in a deep denial about what, what I could and couldn't eat and how my body handled things. And when I finally and, – and also the, the frequency of, quote, unquote, indulging. I hate that word, but I can't think of a better way to explain it. You know, that. I
0: would just say the frequency of having things that you know don't really agree with your body. Because I think mm-hmm. – I just – I mean, I know indulgence is such a huge trigger word for so many people. And, mm-hmm. you know, I want to get away from this idea that any kind of food, even if it's highly processed – Hot, contains tons of gluten, has tons of sugar. Like we need to get away from this discussion that there's good food and bad food. Right. They, it, is, it is just food and we need to figure out... But does out, it work for you? Yes. Does how to up? take care of mm-hmm. our own bodies and what works well to make us feel our best. And sometimes... Yes. Feeling our best means eating that highly processed, fried in seed oils, delicious cronut. Like that's sometimes what it means, right?
1: Did you just say cronut?
0: (laughs) Yes, I did. Because if I'm going to have a treat, that's definitely what it's going to (laughs) be. Also from Five Daughters Bakery in Nashville. If you live near Nashville, like get your ass over Uh there. Um, (laughs) Boy, geez.
1: And honestly, I think that's an important thing to say, because I think a lot of times um, when someone's suffering from acne, there's so much conversation coming out. You should do this. You should do that. It's like, no, this is I hope my hope for this episode is, is that you can feel empowered to know yourself well enough and know that it took me quite some time to decide to abstain from certain things to give my body a chance to and it was just for a short time I mean I'm to the point now where I'm adding some dairy every now and then back in I'm to the point now where I had gluten the other day and I haven't had what? gluten in a really long time you fancy and I, I had a churro at Disneyland <laughs> I was like I'm having this churro and was, every,
0: was everybody super surprised
1: yeah Brian was like okay Eat that trail, I'm like, I might get a second one. Like, like <laughs> but I haven't in like I haven't partaken in gluten in such a long time because it was a huge, huge, huge digestive trigger for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I chose to abstain from those things because I was honestly truthfully because I was filling my life with other things like digestive support and foods that are nourishing for me and I was when you taught me not to look at it a place of abstaining and uh, oh I can't it was just truth be told I was too full of other things to want yep. to eat. what that. can
0: you add rather than take away that's always yes. going to be the discussion so that we have
1: it's really easy to go to a place of like restriction when you're trying to figure your body out but that Mm. was huge for me because that helped my stress level
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) especially especially skin issues because then the discussion gets a little bit more nuanced which we're going to get into in a minute um but essentially like you know obviously addressing nutritional deficiencies is really important um supporting digestion Like for me, stomach acid support and supporting my gut flora were the most important part of this. Um, For others, it's often liver support or enzymatic support or gallbladder support, which again, gallbladder support was also essential for me. And in that process, you guys, just a reminder, um, all of your cells in your body, including all of your epithelial cells, have a phospholipid bilayer, which is made of fat. And you need to be eating high quality saturated fat and digesting it well in order to have proper cell structure. Proper cell structure (laughs) allows protection and keeps from degradation of that cell and keeps from things entering in that don't belong like bacteria. So this is hugely important when it comes to taking care of your skin, preventing acne, healing your current acne lesions. So, so important digestive support all day long, you guys. I can't even tell you how many weird things got fixed when I added, stomach acid support and gallbladder support so many weird things about my body I was like what's happening this is the greatest thing ever
1: and you guys I can't even tell you how many avocados I was eating like for years because I was like I'm just gonna add the good foods into my life and that's fine but however by the time I got to Cassie and I was like I eat so clean what's the problem and it, it it took me adding in the enzymatic support the gallbladder the I mean I kind of did all the things because my I I needed it and that's when things started to change so much more for Mm -hmm. me on the nuanced level that I was like why can't this be different yes you know I'm doing all these big things but that nuanced little piece made such a big difference
0: amen sister amen um next thing is to support uh to address uh hormonal imbalances. So support your hormone system. Um adaptogenic herbs can be hugely helpful for this lifestyle modifications. I'm not going to go deep into that. If you're having hormonal imbalances, you need to be working with a practitioner. 100%. Yes. We're going to leave it at that. Um there's lots of things that you can do to address hormonal imbalances on your own and those are literally the things we just listed. The beauty of taking care of yourself at a base level is that you're, you're literally addressing skin, you're addressing digestion, you're addressing all of those things together, hormone imbalance all together. Um, but if you have some deeper issues, you probably need a little bit more help. Just like, I'm just going to go to, go to a practitioner, um, dig into the nutritional therapy world of people to find someone to work with. Um, And then I would say, uh, if you're already in a good place with a lot of those things, um, and, or want to beef up your efforts a little bit more, you can work on incorporating some of the most nutrient dense foods that contain vitamins and minerals that help balance your hormones and that really feed the skin at the cellular level. So these are like sulfur rich foods. So like sauerkraut, garlic, egg yolks, um, coconut using coconut oil for ki- for cooking. It's got antimicrobial pop- properties. Um, And then eating really fiber rich foods, not tons of like necessarily insoluble fiber, but both insoluble and soluble fiber, a good mix of that. So it doesn't mean a lot of raw vegetables necessarily, but I was just going to ask,
1: can you give us some recommendations on that? Because I I mean,
0: I get confused with fiber. (laughs) well so like there's a delicate there's a delicate balance most people under eat fiber immensely Mm -hmm. um but fiber helps bind estrogen and carry it out of the body and so wait say what fiber helps bind estrogen and carry it out of the body so fiber is extremely important if you are dealing with hormone imbalance which is like every human on the planet (laughs) um but too much fiber can also be an issue for skin so we'll, and we'll touch on that in a minute. Um, other fermented foods like carrots and beets can also help with digestion. Um, you know, obviously if you've got SIBO or candida going on, you might have those issues if you're dealing with skin issues. So I just want to mention that cause I know that those can be often very connected. Um, again, work with a practitioner on incorporating fermented foods cause they might not be right for you right now. Um, raw carrots also have estrogen balancing properties, which is pretty cool. Um, zinc and oils topically for antimicrobial properties. So Jen's going to get into topical solutions for acne, but I will say we've like got I have some- things to say <laughs> highly nutritional oils that are often blended into either like a great facial oil or a great treatment or, um, you know, something of that capacity. It depends on if it's right for you and right for your skin. And so that's where we're going to default to the discussion we're having with Genevieve, but things like tea tree oil, grapeseed oil, black cumin seed oil, rosehip seed oil, which is really soothing blue tansy, which contains as Um, which is a really powerful antibacterial, anti-inflammatory. And then also topical products containing zinc can also be helpful who are in a heavy, people who are in a heavy acne flare, or you can literally take zinc powder and put it on your face. So That's so interesting. Yeah, so there's definitely some things you can do topically with antimicrobial um, constituents, but just be careful and use that in conjunction with the advice that Genevieve's going to give you for your active acne issues. Um, Yeah judicious sun exposure for a natural source of skin, improving vitamin D and or supplementing with vitamin D huge, huge, huge for skin. Um, this doesn't mean that you need to have your face exposed to the sun. Cause if you're dealing with acne, that's probably actually going to cause some oxidation of the acne causing oils in your face. And it, Probably is going to deal with it, it, some additional acne scarring because you're p- highly pigmenting your skin at that point.
1: It's a level of complication that the skin just doesn't need. Yeah, at that time.
0: yeah. And I would say like you know maybe 15 minutes of um, unprotected exposure to the sun on your face would be great, but more than that, you're done. Like I would yeah wear walk, walk wear, to wear a hat. The mail.
1: Go back to the house.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, so you can wear a wide brim hat. You can wear zinc based sunscreen. Um, but if you're exposing your arms and legs to the sun. That's going to be sufficient for generating some version of vitamin D. Again, this depends a lot on where you live. We have a vitamin D episode. I highly recommend checking it out. This is like the refer back to all other episodes episode. (laughs)
1: Um, The culmination.
0: The culmination of it all. (laughs) Vitamin D. Um, Cod liver oil and butter. Um, Eating those or supplementing with emu oil can really provide a lot of those very important fat soluble vitamins, so ADEK2, and then the um, constituent MK4 as well. And they're all really critical for healthy skin at a cellular level. I also have liked Brewer's yeast from Lewis labs in the past for a really good source of like nucleic acid and chromium. Um, and it's got complementary B vitamins, but mm, well
1: that's interesting. I haven't heard that one yet. Yeah. So brewer's but yeast. they
0: like, they no longer have high chromium brewer's yeast available from that mm. brand. And I haven't found anything that, that competes with it. So just, I mean, this is like, I know I'm giving you guys a solution and taking it away in the same sentence. But, um, <laughs> if you have something out there, um, I would let me know if you know, if you found a high chromium brewer's yeast that's available. Um, but alternatively, you can supplement with chromium and a B vitamin complex. So that might be something that. you could go crowdsourcing. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. This is where we get into the nitty gritty. You got to address gut health. You need to like just the gut skin connection. You need to address gut health. And sometimes that means just going a lot deeper, digging in, looking at things like Candida, SIBO, any sort of intestinal imbalance that's causing an issue, um, work with a practitioner to do it. There's a really wonderful blog post from Chris Cresser that I highly recommend on the gut skin connection and how altered gut function affects the skin. Highly recommend reading that article and um, digging into some more information on his website. He's amazing. Um, and then as far as probiotics go, This is definitely something that you can jump in and add to your routine because they can seriously improve skin conditions. And again, this depends on if you're dealing with like a diagnosed gut issue, work with your practitioner, Um, but oral probiotics have been shown to decrease lipopolysaccharide and improve intestinal barrier function and reduce inflammation, which are all essential in lowering the inflammation in the skin. Um, and mm. helping with that. So sometimes these we get down such a huge rabbit hole with all of this, but it's like, mm-hmm. how's our sleep? How's our, you know, general nutrition? How's our movement, our exercise? Or are, are we allowing our lymphatic system to circulate and move? Um, and then, you know, what are we doing to support the gut? And I yeah. wish I could tell you that. You know, there are people out there who don't need any gut support, but I literally just don't believe in my professional opinion that that exists. I think everybody can use some sort of gut support. Um, We just don't have the nutrition in our food and in the soil that we used to have. We don't get down in the dirt with our hands anymore. Everybody's afraid of bugs and germs. like It's this whole thing and simple, simple things like some digestive support supplements, um, probiotics, things like that. And I'll put some recommendations for you guys in the show notes as well. Um, but essentially like epidemiological evidence has shown a very clear association between gut problems and skin disorders. And there's a really
1: evidence of that over and over. Absolutely.
0: And And there's a really interesting recent report, which I'll link for you guys, um, that indicated that small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which is called SIBO, um, it's a condition involving an, an inappropriate growth of bacteria in the small intestine. So it's like a localized, um, bacterial issue. Um, it's 10 times more prevalent in people with acne rosacea than in healthy controls. And like that correction of SIBO in these individuals led to marked clinical improvement of their skin issues. So we got to address the gut. We just have to address the gut. And there's so much you can do topically. And Genevieve is going to help you figure that out. But the internal stuff is so important to do that work while you're also working with a topical solution. That's the reason Um, why we did this first. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And there are about like 14% of patients with ulcerative colitis. This is an additional study that I went through, um, 14% of patients with UC and 24% of patients with Crohn's disease have skin manifestations. Um, and interestingly enough, there's a study that just came out showing that a drug normally used to treat psoriasis is also effective for Crohn's disease, which is really interesting because psoriasis and Crohn's disease are deeply connected as well. And so, we also are seeing celiac disease having like cutaneous manifestations such as dermatitis, herpetiformis, which occurs in about a quarter of people who have celiac disease. Um, and then celiacs have increased frequency of like oral mucosal lesions. So like sores in the mouth, um, alopecia and vitiligo as well. So all of these are issues with the epithelia tissue. So we can't deny this connection between gut brain skin. And we need to dig deeper into that and learn so, so much more. Um, but I will say, I know many of you are probably thinking to yourself, like for, if you listen to this podcast, you're probably already like, maybe you're an NCP, maybe you're a beauty counter consultant. Maybe you just <laughs> are already steeped in natural health and wellness. And you're thinking to yourself, Cassie, I've literally done all of those things. Like I have all of those boxes checked. I already eat clean and I'm still experiencing acne. I want to give you guys a few takeaways. To look a little bit deeper at and just know, please don't obsess over the minute details of your nutrition, but just take a look and be like, okay, am I eating too much of this? Um, Is that creating an imbalance? What's happening? So is your diet too high in omega-6 intake? This happens a lot for people who eat from a great, even quote unquote paleo, I hate to label things, but that perspective. Um, Are you eating a ton of nuts? Are you eating a ton of chicken and other poultry fat? Are you eating chicken and other poultry skin? Um, are you eating fattier cuts of meat like cow, pork, etc. from animals raised on conventional feedlots? Like this is and where this we isn't go like, back.
1: Stop! It's the balance. Like they're eating like like proportionally they're eating more of those things and yes and it's very
0: easy to because chicken is so easy to cook so this is definitely a thing that we get into as a family like I'll be like oh my gosh we're eating so much chicken because it's so easy and it's tasty and it takes on the flavor whatever you're making it with and we love it we love ourselves some chicken Um, Mm -hmm. but even if you're in the place of eating like um, cow you know beef or pork or whatever you need to be mindful of are you directing your dollars toward purchasing highly um, unprocessed unadulterated sources of meat so are you getting the stuff that's rich in omega-3 fats in addition to that and like just a reminder you guys like grass-fed beef can sometimes be higher than cold water fatty fish and omega-3 fats like that blew my mind the first time I heard it wow it's I abs- didn't know
1: that that's amazing yeah
0: it's amazing did not know that but so basically, you know, like how are you directing your your prioritization of that? Again, um, our healthy cooking fats episode actually is an interesting place to kind of dig into that a little bit more. But just think about how can I balance things out if I am buying conventional meats? Make sure they're lean and add in fats from other healthy sources. Um, Variety. <laughs> yes. The second thing you can do is shifting the diet to fat and especially saturated fat can be an issue for people. So this is something I actually experienced when I went kind of quote unquote paleo or green free or whatever you want to call it. Um, But if you've been on a low fat diet for a long time, you might be experiencing some acne because you're making the jump to a diet that has a lot more healthy fats, but you're actually just not processing them well. Um, And essentially like fats are the backbones of your hormones as well. And male sex hormones like testosterone and DHEA can like actually aid in this imbalance hormonal imbalance that causes acne it's entirely possible that like shifting your body's production of these hormones could cause some issues with acne flares so be mindful of that um and It tends to be a lot worse if you're consuming a lot of saturated fat, which again, I don't think is a bad thing. Um, But saturated fat that's not from a great source has the potential to be more inflammatory. So Mm -hmm. you just have to, you know, remind yourselves like you may have to decrease the amount of fat in your diet. You may need to increase your gallbladder support. You may need to just balance out and have more, you know, of other kinds of fat, more plant-based fat in your diet in addition to the animal-based fat that you're eating and go from there. Um, Mm -hmm. the other thing I would take a look at is a very high intake of insoluble fiber. So if you're used to eating lots of, um, fiber lacking foods, when you switch to a more nutrient dense diet, it can be kind of a shock to your system and insoluble fiber in particular can be kind of rough on the gut. So this is where I talk about like nuts and, um, raw vegetables, like vegetable skins, can be an issue and obviously this is like very nuanced (laughs) it's a very Mm, nuanced conversation Um, next level (laughs) yeah next level uh but these problems can kind of be exacerbated if you do not have a really robust gut flora population that's kind of hanging out ready to break down that fiber for you so you know
1: absolutely true for me this is
0: the caveat if you this is what i tell so many people if you're experiencing any sort of gut issue and you're having issues with like your stools being fully formed or you're getting constipation, like whatever end of that spectrum is, think about just eating some cooked veggies for a while or really reducing the amount of raw vegetables that you're eating. Um, And then obviously, hopefully, you're integrating fermented foods, which are like totally my favorites. um, But you may also like need in the longer run some sort of plan to adjust the way you're consuming insoluble fiber. Um, And obviously, probiotics and uh, fermented foods help a ton with that portion of digestion. Um, obviously we talked about trigger foods, consuming foods you may have a sensitivity to can exacerbate your acne. Um, some of the most common ones are nightshade vegetables. So this is potatoes, tomatoes, eggplant, and peppers. And that includes all of the spices that come from peppers. Um, sweet potatoes are not a nightshade, so they're not included on that list. Um, that's good. but tomatillos are, um, goji mm. berries are actually a nightshade. So that's something really? to think about. Um, and that can be quite a trigger for people and, um, high B12 foods can also contribute to acne because of how it affects how the skin metabolizes bacteria. So it's a really interesting, again, very nuanced version of this. Um, But if you eat a ton of like B12 rich foods, it can shut off your own production and instead make pro-inflammatory compound. So this is the interesting like caveat, right? I just said sulfur rich foods are great. So eggs are in this category of a high B12 food, liver, shellfish and tuna. Um, And... I, you know, this is something where people can get breakouts. I personally, if I eat too much eggs, I definitely, um, it's a trigger for my acne and skin issues. I get rashes too. Mm. Um, so I have to be smart about that. And obviously it's more than just the B12 factor for me. Cause that is actually a food intolerance for me. Um, but essentially, um, you know, you got to dig into that. And then chocolate is another one. Sad day. Oh, that's just me. Um, uh, it can cause or contribute to acne. And it's really interesting. A lot of the places that I dug into like the connection between chocolate and acne, uh, the the resounding reason was like, you know, we're not really sure why. And I'm like, hello, we just talked about caffeine. Like <laughs> caffeine and acne is the thing. Um, and so just caffeine rich foods and caffeine rich beverages in general be mindful of that um egg whites is another one so some people don't tolerate egg whites very well which can lead to some inflammation in the gut and imbalance of fat soluble vitamins um so if you're taking like a cod liver oil supplement or a vitamin d supplement or a k supplement you might find that like a balance of ad and k kind of might become skewed as you change your diet over Um, But you can, you know, supplement with those things to help balance them out and or it could be contributing. (laughs) So it just depends on where your body's at and balance. Um, And then obviously, I mean, if you're not eating enough, you're just not getting enough nutrients in your body. You're under under undernourished that can be an issue. So take a look at your calorie intake. I don't usually recommend looking at calories very much, but if you feel like you're not eating quite enough, that's something to definitely do. I have put myself in that category so many times because just a breadcrumb. Yeah. And because nutritional, the nutritional change to kind of quote unquote paleo can be, um, so like satiating that I don't feel like I need as much. Um, mm-hmm. And then working out too much or not refueling properly, that kind of goes back into that. Um, And that can actually, working out too much can cause inflammation and it's like essentially a spike in your stress hormones, which we talked about the cascade of the spike in stress hormones from caffeine and how that affects your skin um, during our combination skin episode. And I think one previous to that too. Do we talk about oil production in that? I can't remember. Um, Dryness. So... Basically, like, you know, you can get into this place where you already feel like you are doing all the right things but this might be a list of things that you could take and maybe dig a little bit deeper to see are there, is there anything, are there any habits that I have in my day to day that I could take a look at and just maybe make some tiny adjustments to and see what happens. Um, and I just want to remind you guys, like we're all this very interesting. And as Rob Wolf always says it, like n equals one experiment and you need to, Lean into listening to your body, create a relationship with your body where that's possible, um, Mm -hmm. where you can kind of quiet down the noise, quiet down the inflammation, step in and just like be present in your body and gain more understanding for what things make you feel great and what things really don't make you feel great. And chances are the things that don't make you feel great are probably contributing to your skin issues. Um, And so I just want to challenge you guys. I love that. Quieting the noise. Yes. Yeah. Just go deeper into that. So much of inflammation is literally just physical noise happening in your body that we need to figure out how to calm down. And sometimes that's literally like addressing your stress management. That's another thing I didn't add to that list in like the basics category, like hello, sleep, stress, nutrition, exercise, basics people. And then you dig into supplements and kind of this A nuanced, nuanced discussion so yeah. hopefully that's helpful for you guys who um, are digging into your acne issues and trying to figure everything out um, I'm sure we will have many many more discussions about the connection between skin and nutrition and dietary stuff um, but I am so excited for next week's episode where we're going to dig in with Genevieve on topical solutions for acne because for me I had had my nutrition basically dialed but was still with dealing with skin issues because of Uh, my lack of understanding for my skin and so I'm so excited to bring that conversation to you next week um, with Genevieve and we're going to dig in and go deeper with that and hopefully just leave you guys with a ton more helpful solutions
1: thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com. Or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. That's actually one of my favorite words right now. That's expensive.
0: That's expensive. <laughs> picked up that word because we use it to tell him he can't have things. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's expensive.
1: That's, that's expensive.
0: That's expensive. That's a no. Okay. Oh, uh, that's That's expensive.